Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first timer, welcome aboard. Hard to believe, but college football gets rolling this weekend. And locally, the Rice Owls start up next Friday, August 30th at West Point against Army. So this feels like a perfect time to preview the Owls with Matthew Bartlett, who covers everything going on with Rice Athletics for AtTheRoost.com. And since the last time we spoke, Matthew, you've added podcast hosts to your repertoire. We've been pretty busy. So we, we kicked that off, I guess, very end of July and been kind of working through all the position groups, kind of dovetailing with our, our Rice season preview that we put out last month, kind of getting everybody everything they need to know about Rice football, I guess, in audio and in PDF downloadable form. So we've been busy, but it's a lot of good content. Tell people like how often you're doing this show. And is, is this the only Rice Athletics uh, podcast out there? So other than the one sponsored by the university, this is the only outside of Rice, Rice podcast that I have heard being in existence. So right now the plan is to go ahead and do it once a week. Myself and my co-host Carter Spires have been working through. And now that the season started, we'll be this week we'll be previewing Army and, and looking at that game. And then kind of from here forward, it'll be breaking down the game that was and looking forward to next week. So have a, a full slate ahead of us, so plenty to talk about. Well, from 2012 to 2014, the Owls were in a bowl game every single year. They were in four bowl games from 2008 to 2014. But since then, 11-38 and 38 is their record. Are we finally going to see the renaissance this year? I'll couch it with saying that they're definitely going in the right direction. From 2017 to 2018, they went from 1-11 to 2-11. So you saw some incremental gains there. And really, last year was a year zero in the truest sense where you saw a dozen true freshmen start and play meaningful minutes and just kind of a reshaping of the roster to kind of fit of more of a ground and pound, more physical mentality than where it had been under under the, the former regime. So this year, the schedule gets a lot more difficult. So what that translates into wins and losses might be more challenging to say, but the team as a whole is more disciplined, more competitive, and is going to get to more fourth quarters where they're in a position to win games. So we're going to see improvement. I don't know how far that's going to go. It's kind of going to depend on who, you know, some of these freshmen that are now sophomores, how far they're able to to take the torch. All right. It's kind of sad, but I'm not sure anybody in Houston could tell you the name of the Owls coach, much less maybe recognize him. Uh, he's starting his second season, but introduce us to him. Who is Mike Bloomgren? So Mike Bloomgren came over last year for Rice from Stanford. He was the offensive coordinator and offensive line running game coordinator for the Cardinal, worked with some guy named Andrew Luck, who most people have heard of. So has a lot of experience with organizing and designing offenses had some great backs at Stanford and you know Bryce Love Christian McCaffrey and brings that kind of offensive pedigree that pro style system over to Rice so last year was year zero year one the very beginning of kind of assessing the deck and seeing where everything was and his vision is to put that process in place at South Maine 
in a you know in a state in a region of the country that's doing a lot more air raid a lot more five wide spread attacks he's kind of going back to the old school version of football where he has a fullback on the field and he likes to use multiple tight ends so so that in itself is is putting a, a neat twist on what most people are seeing on a week to week basis and a lot a lot of opposing coaches in conference USA say that Rice kind of looks more like a service academy like Army than they do some of the other teams they play. So it's it's been an interesting challenge for him, both building from scratch and starting something new and then just kind of assimilating and figuring out what he has to work with at Rice. So it's been a challenge, but things are heading in the right direction. Yeah, not only does he have Stanford pedigree, but Alabama pedigree. The good news is he was a grad assistant there. The bad news is it was under Mike DuBose and, and Dennis Francioni, not Nick Saban. Kind of fun, though, that you got an old Bama assistant coaching Rice. Of course, one of the most famous plays in college football history, for those listening who might not know this story, was when Rice was playing Alabama at home in the 54 Cotton Bowl. Rice running back Dickie Magel running down the sideline when Bama's Tommy Lewis came from the sideline out of nowhere to illegally tackle Magel. The refs kind of noticed that, gave Magel the 95-yard touchdown I don't guess that probably gets brought up much uh, when you talk to Bloomgren, but I, I just think it's kind of funny that you know you got a little Bama Rice connection there. Yeah, and and he's been several places in the NFL as well, and you know Rice goes back and forth on when it's the right time to dwell on the past. But if you want to bring up Rice in Alabama and uh, a handful of his teams, Rice is three and zero against Alabama, and I would wager there's not many teams in the country that have played the Tide multiple times and are undefeated. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, you know when the Owls have been at their best over the years, Matthew. They've, they've had these electric offenses. Last year, though, offense uh, that they had was ranked 116th nationally. What do you see that's got you excited about this year's offense? Well, first off, I want to see one quarterback. By the time that... <laughs> I, I mean, we, that sounds so simplistic, but by the time we got into November, Rice had already used four different quarterbacks. So it ended up using five just because of injuries and, and health concerns. And it's it's really hard to have any semblance of an offense. I don't care who's your offensive coordinator or calling your plays if you don't have some sort of continuity under center. So, so that's one, finding one quarterback. And, and I believe they they have the guy in Wiley Green that was able to get his feet less last year, feet wet last year, and kind of progress through this spring and into fall. So that's going to be one piece. And then really just getting these guys more familiar with the system because it's more complex and there's a lot more verbiage than some of the other schemes that you'll see around college football. There's a lot of mental uh, you know, reps that need to be taken before you can go into the huddle and understand all the pieces and be able to execute on the fly and not, you know, step by step. So I think there was a lot, a, a little bit too much thinking last year because of a lack of, of experience and doing it. And now they're going to be transitioning to things that are more second nature to where they don't have to think about where they're supposed to line up or what direction motion going is going in, but they can just call the play and execute it. So I think those two things, having one quarterback and knowing what they're doing is going to make the same offense with some of the same players a lot more effective. Tell me a little bit about the background of this quarterback. What can you tell us about him? Last year at this time, he was running the scout team, which, you know, seems kind of crazy in itself. But his 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 running back next to him was Juma Otaviano. And so Wiley at quarterback and Juma, those were kind of the guys that were starting the final game of the season, which was Rice's first conference win under Bloomgren against Old Dominion. So 
they kind of have come a long way, but Wiley's kind of the guy that can stand in the pocket and work through and make his progressions and attack the defense through the air. He's not as fleet of foot maybe as some of the other guys, but he has just enough quickness that he can kind of get out of the pocket and pick up a first down or two. And as far as there's a lot of different guys in the quarterback room for Rice right now, including Tom Stewart, who is a transfer from Harvard. And, and where Wiley has stood out above all of them is his ability to to understand and execute the playbook at a different level, to know where the receiver's going to be and know how to check in and out of plays. That's something that he's really operating as someone who has more savvy of a veteran, even though he's only started four college football games. But thanks to that redshirt rule, you know, he was able to get that experience. And right now he's kind of the guy and really the front runner to see the starting job. Now, if I remember correctly, when Bloomgren was at Stanford, it was kind of a tight end factory. Does, does Wiley have some tight ends to work with? Yeah, he does. And and I think what has been interesting to watch about the tight end development when Bloomgren got here, there were some guys on the roster and and, and Yager Bull and Jordan Myers who, who were very talented, but kind of profile more as the in-line blocker and kind of the guys who can, you know, squeak out of the backfield and, and catch a pass shorter distance. They didn't have as many guys who were more the vertical threats that you kind of think of when you think of the you know the receiving tight ends and some of the ones guys that Stanford's put into the NFL so they got two guys Robert French and Jonathan Sanchez who kind of fit more of that profile and that have been are now fully healthy both of them kind of nicked up a little bit last year and really understand the offense to to a different degree so I think what you're going to see from the tight ends at Rice this year is now they have four guys that they feel real comfortable with and they have don't have to put square pegs into round holes. They don't have to kind of use one guy because he's the most experienced and ask him to do a lot of things, but they can kind of mix and match and play personnel and, and scheme and use them how they want to, kind of give them more options. So that in itself is going to make everybody more effective at what they're doing. Coach Bloomgren worked under David Shaw, Rex Ryan, played for Bobby Bowden. So those guys are very familiar with having good defenses. Ideally, some of that defensive pedigree rubbed off on him is there talent to work with on this year's defense absolutely I think the as a whole the defense is very talented more talented so than they were last year and it kind of all starts at at linebacker with Blaze Aldridge and Antonio Montero those are two guys now Rice didn't get anybody that was nominated on the conference USA all-conference team in the preseason, but those are two kind of guys that I'm kind of looking at to lead the charge and and be the captains and the leaders for this defense, have that kind of rangy athleticism size to side and can make tackles out of nowhere, chase anybody down. So those are big pieces. And then staying in the front seven, DeBraylin Carroll from Duncanville high school. He's a freshman that has just been on fire through fall camp. He has that kind of first step explosiveness that, is giving the first team offensive line struggles, which they've had. They've had a great fall, but he's the kind of guy that's unblockable, and that there's going to be a lot of programs in the state of Texas that are, you know, kicking themselves when they realize, wait, how does Rice have this guy? He's too good. So I'm really excited to see how he develops. Yeah, speaking of talent, the the Owls have always managed to produce NFL talent. I've always been amazed at that. In recent years, it's been Jarrett Dillard, Luke Wilson, Vance McDonald, Philip Gaines, Andrew Sandejo, and, and of course the three former Texans, Christian Covington, Chris Boswell, and James Casey. But you could go 
back a generation to Falcons wide receiver Bert Emanuel or another generation before that with Vikings QB Tommy Kramer. Um, are there any NFL prospects among this group? Well, I think you, you want to start in the JUCO route is how Blaze Aldridge got to Rice. So he wasn't recruited at a high school, but the, his last year and moving into this year, he's the kind of guy that will be eligible for the draft if he wants to leave early this year. And I think he is that good. So he's the kind of guy that I would be looking for to kind of make that jump. Uh, upperclassmen, probably not. There could be some guys that have strong seasons that could have kind of play their way into that radar. But Rice is so young. Their team doesn't have that many seniors. I'm trying to think. I think we have 10 grad transfers and, and seniors, and there's one true senior on the roster and Miles Adams. So I think Blaze is your guy that he could leave early or he could stick around for one more year. And if I think he does, he's the kind of guy that could develop and, and continue to add to his game. And you're looking at, you know, a, a day two, if things fall right, day one prospect. Yeah, just a name like Blaze Aldridge, he should be pretty fast, right? <laughs> it sounds intense, right? Yeah, he had, a, he had a moment during the spring when, you know, at the end of practice where everyone's kind of like, whew, we just have to do special teams and we're done, where he leapt over the line and blocked the field goal. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Can you do that in the NFL now? I think you – did you get a running start? I think you, you, you can't use the lineman in front of you as leverage. So as long as you can do it all through by yourself through the air, you're good. Is that right? Yeah, I think you you, you got to get a standing start though. There's no running start, right? Something like this. This was he freakish athletic. What? So Blaze can do it. All right. Well, let's let's go to the schedule because as usual, the schedule's no joke. Army, then it's Wake Forest, uh, Texas as usual, which is at Rice Stadium for the Longhorn fans out there, and then Baylor. Um, although they're, they're not the Baylor the last couple of years. Tell me a little bit about the schedule. One, one correction, Texas is actually at NRG, not Rice Stadium. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. So that schedule, Army, Wake Forest, Texas, Baylor, you know, when those, when those games were put on the schedule, none of those teams were all that great. Like, Texas was in a rough patch, Baylor was, Wake Forest, Army, and then all of a sudden those are four teams that won their bowl games last year. And, you know, you're looking at somebody that is borderline ranked in Army and Texas, you know, winning the Sugar Bowl over Georgia. That's as challenging as a non-conference schedule as you'll find in Conference USA. I think there's only one other Conference USA team that plays three Power Five teams and Rice gets three Power Five teams and Army. So they get the blessing of, of having Wake, Texas, and, and Baylor in Houston, which will be a plus, but it's not going to make the games any easier. So that's one of the things that the schedule kind of worked out this way, that it's, it's difficult, and Rice is going to have a lot of growing and learning opportunities that hopefully by the time they get to conference play, they'll have taken their licks and, and got the kinks out and will be ready for teams that will not be as athletically imposing as the likes of Texas. What's your prediction? What do you think this team is uh, capable of? The thing with Rice last year was I needed to see the same team for four quarters. So I saw flashes like they were leading Houston into the fourth quarter and had games where they could have beaten North Texas or they could have beat a Louisiana Tech who were in the running to you know, win the conference last year. So I think if I can get that team that pushed those teams to the edge – then you're looking at a team that can flirt with bowl eligibility. If we're looking at a team that 
can play those two good quarters a game and then can't finish in the third and fourth, that's where you're looking at only a, you know, a couple of wins. So I, I don't know if we've seen enough of Rice playing at the most consistent level to really get a good gauge of, of what the win-loss record is, is going to look like. But I think by the time we get to the end of the year, they're going to hit that stride. So whether or not they, they, they can get there you know, by mid-October, mid-November, that's kind of going to be the litmus test of how many wins and how well the season's going to go. Do you feel like, uh, you know, you talked a little earlier about going from that spread to a more traditional, uh, almost NFL offense. Do you feel after watching Rice, you know, over the last, I don't know, decade or so that it helps them to be playing like that where you can maybe be in games a little bit easier against more talent if you're playing this more traditional, less of an offense where you're where you're taking le- up less time and maybe putting the other team on the field quicker? I mean, that's the same philosophy that Army is is working with right now. And they had one of the most successful seasons in program history last year. And I I think with if you're at the place where you're at an academy or you're at Rice or you're one of the one of those group of five programs, the majority of them that doesn't have, you know, the the power five, um, you know, whether that be stadium or, or boosters or support or something like that, where you don't have, you know, oodles and noodles of money flowing at you all the time. You have to do something different. I don't know what that is that you can go North Texas and try and speed it up and, and, and go hurry up and five wide and, and go full air raid, something like that. You, you can go the old, you know, Georgia Tech and, and the option and things like that. There's, but there has to be some sort of way that you're going to find an edge and you're going to look different to where you line up with somebody that has more athleticism and more talent than you, that you can beat them head up. And I think that's something that because this style of offense and this physicality is so foreign to the rest of the conference. I think this is a different differentiator that Rice needs and Rice can use to their to their advantage. So, you know, there's a lot of opinions one way or another about whether this is going to work, whether or not, you know, pound the rock with, you know, offensive linemen that aren't, you know, blue chip recruits. If, if you can do that, we're, we're going to find out. But from what I've seen so far, I, I think if you get the right pieces in place, it's going to work. And, and I'm optimistic. The NFL, they're going a little bit more with the quarterbacks that have that played in these spread offenses. That It's getting easier to make the transition into the NFL. But do you think that's a selling point for Bloomgren that, you know, he is playing this NFL traditional offense and Stanford with that ability to get guys in the NFL because they were playing a more traditional NFL style that might help Bloomgren maybe uh, sell his program and, and get guys that maybe can come to Rice that would see an opportunity as like, hey, I can learn what it's like to, to be in the NFL besides, obviously, a Rice education, et cetera. Yeah, well, I th- the education is one of the big selling points in itself. But Bloomgren has several guys, himself included, that have been in the NFL and have had NFL experience. And I think it's one of those things that if you can run the Rice offense, you can run the spread. If you can run the spread, you can't necessarily run the Rice offense. So if you are trying to maximize your chances to play on Sundays, you need to be able to do, and that's one of the things that special teams is, is a guy that so many, a, a way that so many guys make it into the NFL and get their footstep is because they can do more things than somebody who's just pigeonholed. So if you can come to Rice and you can run this defense or you can run this offense and you can do these different things, it's going to set you up better for the future 
better than some of your peers who might have a similar athletic profile but don't have the cerebral ability that you do. So you you add that plus the Rice degree, and you know Rice is, has a pretty compelling recruiting pitch, and, and so far they're in the midst of some of their better recruiting cycles that they've had in you know since two four seven started the rankings. Anything different about the Rice Stadium experience this year? So they announced this spring a, a new five-year plan for Rice, and that included some you know, strategic investments and decisions with how they were going to renovate the stadium. So I know that things are coming. Uh, probably the biggest thing that is in the works is they're working on putting up, similar to the, the Texans, a practice bubble right outside the stadium. So that's kind of something that they're working through the red tape of Apparently, it's not as easy as blowing up a balloon. Who knew? Um, so that that's in the works. And then the stadium experience itself, I know they've been talking with everything from, you know, covered seating to um, suites and, and things like that. And they are currently workshopping and, and throwing around a lot of ideas. I don't really think or I don't know of any specific timetable for improvements that has been set or, or what is first on the pecking order. But I know that they're looking at it. And I think that's something that I mean, this stadium was was built in 1949 and it hosted a Super Bowl and it has, you know, good bones. It just needs some modernization. And I think once Rice gets that, it's going to make the fan experience a lot more enjoyable. And, and hopefully that coincides in, you know, two or three where years with some more winning, too. Hard to believe the Oilers used to play there. Super Bowl eight, like you mentioned, was there even I don't know if I even knew this one before I was looking this up. University of Houston played at Rice Stadium from 51 to 65. How about that? JFK's uh, let's go to the moon speech. There's been a lot of history in that stadium. Sure. I mean, it's it's remarkable. Uh, tell me about how people can find out more about not only the podcast, but uh, your website. And, you know, you, you put out an incredible PDF, a, a ton of work as far as, you know, just the whole season, the, looking at the rice season and a preview and, you know, basically everything that anybody would need to know about rice football this year. Yeah, so uh, I've even lost track of of the page count on that, but I think we topped out at 143 pages. And so, like you said, it is you, you you're familiar with the you know the preseason previews that you'll buy, and they'll have you know every team from every conference, and you'll get you know four or five pages maybe here and there on Alabama and Texas and and whatnot. So, so this is 143 pages on rice. So if if you want to know anything about Rice football and the 2019 team, uh, I've put it all into this preview. We've worked through, I, I have a snippet, at least a paragraph, several on every single player on the team. Got an exclusive interview with Mike Bloomgren about the process and how that rebuild is going. And then I talk with guys on the ground, beat reporters with local teams that are on Rice's schedule. So I've talked with folks at Texas and UTEP and uh, Middle Tennessee, everywhere to kind of get the skinning on that. So you can pick that up at attheroost.com slash shop. It is everything that anyone would ever want to know about rice football. It's the most thorough one-stop shop that's out there. So we've we've done that. We have the podcast. Of course, we have everything going up on the site at theroost.com that you can follow us there. So we're excited. This is year two for us, you know, started last summer kind of getting going so we are at full steam and, and really excited about rice and you know the direction of the football team and then we'll get basketball and women's basketball volleyball lots of things starting up and a lot of reasons that people should be excited for what's going on at south main 
Beautiful stuff. The Roost is the place to go for all of your rice knowledge. The Roost, the podcast, and of course, at theroost.com. It's always fun to have you on the show. Good luck to you guys this year, and thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Robert. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.